Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hi, guys. I'm Sarah. I'm Shauna. I'm Sam. And I'm Bobby. And this is Speaking of Missing Persons. Sarah's telling the case today, right? Yes, I am. All right. It's more of a abduction case than a missing forever case. Oh, so they're not still gone. They've no. been found. Yes, but they were once missing. Yes. Sounds interesting. I think, if I remember correctly, Samantha requested cases where people were found well, I mean, I figured we could have some resolved <laughs> cases. Was it bothering you? Well, no. <laughs> <laughs> no, it doesn't bother her at all that people are missing. It's just like, meh. Well, th- no, it's not that. That does bother me, yes. <laughs> no, I was but, talking about there being no resolution at the end. No, that doesn't bother me. I was looking at it in a balanced for the audience perspective. Right get that because it drives me nuts because i know yes there's a lot of people out there that absolutely just don't care for missing persons cases specifically for the reason that they don't end like there's no conclusion well they do end in never being found well no it's like continuously ongoing yeah it's an ongoing thing it's like a never-ending story you can like take a look at missing persons cases from like the freaking 50s and somebody's still looking for them wanting answers as long as the person wouldn't be considered you know a hundred years old or older they're still looking for them so it's a never-ending thing which i think bobby said he likes i i actually now don't get me wrong i want these people to be found but if i'm hearing a case about a missing person i I like hearing cases that are still open that I feel like there's still something that can be done. I agree with Bobby on this one. You know, there's there's still someone out there who can help. They might still be alive. They might have just walked away or whatever the case may be. You know, there's still hope. I agree with Bobby on this one. Those are the cases that I like. Ones that we could possibly help solve. I, I well, get, yeah, this I... one was solved. and let's get into it so this is the story of jamie close Claus. sorry like santa claus no not claus claus like if you were just spelling loss but put a c at the beginning of it claus oh okay all right so 
this is a case of murder and kidnapping. Okay. It begins on October 15th, 2018, around 12.49 a.m. Middle of the night. When Jake Thomas Patterson decided that tonight is the night. He will have the love of his life, no matter what. That's creepy. Okay. Let's go back a little bit first, shall we? Let's learn why he thinks tonight is tonight. So Jake was an unsuccessful guy that could not keep a job for more (laughs) than a couple days at a time. Shocking. (laughs) 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 <laughs> so he had literally no drive or ambition or motivation for anything. Other anyone than says, anyone that in their head goes, I'm going to get the love of my life tonight. That's pretty much what I expect. Right. Like when that is so matter of factly. Right. I did not expect anything, anything less from the guy. So, in high school, he was voted the most quiet. He did not attend prom or his senior trip or even do senior photos. He did, however, try to join the Marines, but washed out after only five weeks of boot camp. The Marine Corps said it was due to character issues. So, Jake had no desire to just work, you know freaking nine to five job there's nothing really interesting about that so he's like meh i don't want to go to work every day that's stupid so he doesn't work at all i mean he works but usually only keeps a job for like a day or two and then either gets fired or just quits I don't know how you get fired after a day or two. Yeah, I don't know. Like, I feel like you got to try. Why not at least work to get your first paycheck? Yeah, I don't know the answer to Why that. Why work for just a day or two? What was the point of going through the interviewing process? Unemployment? Th- probably family forcing him or something. Oh, no. Th- I think they have, like, minimum... Like, you have to work there for a minimum of so many or so right, long. in order to file for unemployment. I don't think you can just well, work eventually, there for a shift and be like, oh, unemployed, unemployment. Ev- eventually, he does keep a job for a little while. But only because Jake only has like one thing that he thinks about all the time. And that's if he could find a wife, then everything else would just fall into place. Like a woman would just magically fix his life. I don't think that's how we work. Yeah, no, that's that's how that works. That having babies keeps marriages together. I was together, gonna say that's know. like a baby magically fixing a a marriage. It um, makes it worse. Like, so what does he does he think this wife is just gonna bippity boppity boop? Well, like, he he thinks <laughs> everything in his life. No, he thinks that he can control her and she'll do whatever he says, and then he'll have power over something because he's a little tiny man who has no power in his life when you say little tiny how like Like he's little (laughs) look at the look at the email you can see his picture he's like 
Does it give you stats of this guy? No. Okay, What's well, his name? here I go. We're looking at the email now, guys. <laughs> what was his name? Jake what? Jake Patterson. But you would, if you're looking at the email, you have to look Jamie Kloss when I sent it, the pictures. So while you're doing that, let's get back to the story. Uh, one morning in October, when Jake was 21 years old, he was on his way to the job he had at the time. I mean, he was six foot even. Really? He looks super small. Are you looking at the right dude? Yeah, he was six foot. I'm looking at his information. He looks really weird. He was very thin. He looks very perpetratory, though. Like, he just <laughs> looks like... Perpetratory? Yes, that's a word. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, let Coining me see, because I can't find anything on the email. I don't know what I'm doing. Yeah, like... Yeah, he looks like he has a problem. Oh, I see, I didn't see him standing next to anyone. I just looked at pictures of his mugshots. Oh. <laughs> so, anyway, he's going to work at his job at the Cheese Factory in Barron, Wisconsin. One morning in October, he's 22, he's 21 years old, he's on his way to work at the cheese factory in barron wisconsin like okay. sister restaurant to the cheesecake factory i think it might actually be like be a, a cheese factory. factory okay so you know like tom green and so they make all kinds of cheese yeah. but in this case they made a monster oh my goodness oh. <laughs> <laughs> that one was good <laughs> I liked that one, Bob. That one was Gouda. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, there you go. I'm sorry. sorry. No. Okay. I'm cheesing so hard over here. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) It just keeps coming. Moving on. Moving on. I was thinking that. There you go. I'm about to leave. (laughs) And y'all ain't getting a story. (sighs) Okay. So, sorry. Again, this is just another dead-end job. Yeah. For him, anything is going to be a dead-end job. So, while he's sitting behind a school bus on his way to work. Oh, boy. He sees a girl getting on the bus. Jake gets this overwhelming feeling that he must have her. He is not even sure why, but he does. This girl is Jamie Kloss. She's 13 years old, the only child of James and Denise Kloss. She was described as being super sweet, shy middle schooler that liked to dance. She was in dance class, and I think she was on the dance team. Um, And all she was doing is getting on the school bus, like she did every day. And what is... I don't know. Mm-mm. I, he's in search of a wife to f- magically fix his life and he sees that immediately in a 13 year old girl just from looking at her at a distance and how old is he 21. 21 that's disgusting to jake though she's his new obsession mm. like he had never even seen her before this okay that's too much now, he 
claims he has to prepare for what he's about to do. So he goes and buys a mask, steals a set of license plates, shaves his head and his face bald, like no hair. Yeah, I know. I saw the pictures. He even uses cloth and wears gloves to wipe down all of the shell casings for his Mossberg 12-gauge shotgun. Okay, so he wants to make her his wife, but he's taking a gun? He has to get rid of her parents. On October 5th, 2018, he goes to Jamie's house to kidnap her. But there is too much happening inside of her house, so he leaves. He comes back two days later, but again, for some reason, he aborts and leaves again. That brings us back to October 15th, 2018 at around 1249 a.m. He told himself this night that he didn't care what happened or what was going on at her house. He was going to get this girl because he loved her. And I wrote right here, fucking demonic. He's fucking demonic. Jamie had woken up at her house when she saw lights pulling into the driveway. She tells her dad. Her dad goes down the stairs to see what's going on. And at this point, Jake shoots his way into the house with the shotgun. He just like blows the doorknob off. And doesn't even have time to see who's coming down the stairs at him. He just shoots. So it could have been her. It could have been her. But he just shoots. And it was her dad. Um, Jamie and her mother, Denise, ran and hid in the bathtub. And at this point, Jake just runs up the stairs He uses his full body weight to bust down the bathroom door. And at the same time, Denise is calling 911. But all 911 hears is screaming and then the phone goes dead. The call came into 911 at 12.53 a.m. So this all took place. Three minutes. Three minutes. The dispatcher dialed the number back. And it went straight to voicemail. But they were able to find the location. Because when they called back and got voicemail, they were able to track the phone and figure out the address. So at the same time, Sheriff Deputies John Fick and Eric Sedani were at the 911 dispatch center, which was only three miles from the Kloss house. And they immediately left. So it would only take them like another three minutes to get there. Three or four minutes. Yeah. It would not be fast enough, though. Jake forced Denise to duct tape Jamie's mouth, but the duct tape wouldn't stick. So he wrapped her head like around her mouth with the duct tape. Like he just wrapped a whole piece around her head to cover her mouth. Denise was, like, begging for her daughter's life and using herself as a human shield against Jake. This took him off guard for a second. He said he never thought her mother would try to protect her this much. Seriously? Yeah. Did he not... Did he not have loving parents? Like, I... 
Well, I mean, even if he did, the dude sounds... Oh, he did, actually. Psychotic enough to not understand what that means. Yeah. As far as I know, he did have loving parents. But his brother was also not like a super cool dude. He was in trouble with the cops all the time, too. So... Because it like threw him off guard that Denise was being so protective of Jamie, he claimed that he became super shaky at that point, but he said he put the gun to the back of Denise's head because she was literally turned with her back towards him, putting her whole body on Jamie to try to save her. Right. And... He claims that he turned away when he shot her in the back of the head, like point blank in the back of the head with the shotgun. But he had to turn away because it made him feel, you know, bad. But he still wanted Jamie. I'm sure. I'm sure he felt a whole lot of guilt and remorse on that one. What a fucking monster. Yeah. So Jamie, covered in her mother's blood, is... Drug from the tub, Jake duct tapes her hands and ankles together and drags her to the trunk of his car. Literally drags her because he's a dumb fuck and duct taped her legs together but then thought she could still walk. And he wasn't big enough to carry her, I guess. So he's literally dragging her by her hands to his car. Oh, my God. That's insane. As he drives away from the home, all he can think about is how if he gets stopped by the cops, he's going to have a shootout with them. And he's got, like, his hand on the gun the whole time. And he has every intention on shooting himself and Jamie if the cops try to pull him over. Of course. But as he's leaving, he sees the lights of the cops coming down the street. And he starts to panic at first, but then he's like, I'll just act natural. And he just pulls over to the shoulder and lets them pass. Like he's just driving up that street. So Sheriff Fick notices the maroon Ford Taurus And he even notices that it has gray or silver trim um, on the side. But they just fly right past it because they're like, they have no idea that this is the dude. Well, Jamie is in the trunk and here's the police sirens going by and she's screaming and begging for someone to help. But the sirens are too loud. They don't hear her. So after what seems like an hour in the trunk, Jamie just stops fighting. At this point, she is freezing. She's breathing in the carbon dioxide from the exhaust on the car. Every bump is like painful and hurting. And she's pretty much just like giving up. Well, I mean, yeah, on top of that, she just watched both of her parents die. Yeah, and she's covered in her mom's blood. So I would probably just lay there also. Finally, the car stops and Jake opens the trunk. Again, he roughly drags her around 
because of the duct tape. He has brought her to a cabin. There's actually snow on the ground. Once inside, he forces her to strip in front of him. And she starts to panic because she's 13. She's never been naked in front of anyone but her mother. And she tries to be like, no, this is not happening. But he hands her new clothes. And so she's like, okay, he just wants me to change. So she does. She complies. and But he still stands there and watches her the whole time. That's weird as fuck. she puts on new clothes. And again, she's still covered in blood. She has blood all in her hair and shit. But he just gives her new clothes. Back at the Kloss home, police have discovered the bodies of James and Denise. They know the couple has a teenage daughter, so they immediately start a hunt for her. Police search up and down the street, around the Kloss home. They organize search parties with hundreds of people. Then thousands of people. It's all over the media. They received a lot of tips, but none of them went anywhere. They even follow a tip from an astrologer who told them that they believed Jamie was dead in a body of water. So police had divers search water near the Kloss home. Obviously, they found nothing. They even issued an Amber Alert the same day. So there was an Amber Alert issued for her. But none of this brought them any closer to finding her. On October 24th, so this is like a week later, the FBI offers a $25,000 reward for any information. Two days later, they up it to $50,000. Damn. They're really trying. Yeah. Jamie's aunt Jennifer went on the news to plead for the return of her niece. She also said to the camera, hoping like if Jamie was okay and still out there somewhere and was watching, she told Jamie, your dog Molly is waiting for you. She is wearing one of your sweatshirts every night to sleep. She was trying to keep hope and she was trying to let Jamie keep hope if she was still alive. Right. Sheriff Chris Fitzgerald also tells reporters that they have 200 officers working 24-7 on Jamie's case. But on the 27th, they have to have the funeral for her parents. And she's still nowhere to be found. So she misses the funeral. The weekend of Christmas. So Sheriff Fitzgerald puts like a plea on Facebook. He says, it's been 68 days since Jamie Kloss went missing from her home. She is 13 years old and someone knows something. Maybe you do not want to make that call because you are friends or family with the suspect. Do Jamie a favor this Christmas and call the tip line with your information. Well, at the cabin on Christmas, Jake's family and friends are there. What oh, so it was a family cabin? It was, he was living there, but yes, it was his family's cabin. So they were celebrating Christmas there. And what none of them were aware of is Jamie was also there. He had her hidden under his twin bed. 
the bed was pushed up against a wall and he used weighted like laundry baskets to surround the bed and then you couldn't see under the bed. That didn't look suspicious. Nobody went in his room. Then there were... Then he would uh, play... He was playing music like so freaking loud that if she screamed, no one would hear her. (laughs) So she was trapped in there the whole day while they're having a fun family Christmas, not being able to pee, not being able to eat, nothing, and having to deal with this blaring music that was happening. Um, this is pretty much when she's like, I'm getting the F out of here one way or another. To make her comply, so now we're going to talk about like their daily events with each other. To make her comply, he constantly threatened he would kill her. Of course, Jamie believed him. She had seen him kill her parents. She had seen his temper since... She had been held captive. He had hit her like a couple times to kind of put it in her head like, I don't have a problem to beat the crap out of you. But all she could think about was escaping. Like, all well, she yeah. wanted to do was get the hell out of there. Fuck yeah. Well, duh. Mm-hmm. I mean, like, right. Well, get away from this piece of shit. It smells like feet. He's a weirdo, just so you know. Like, at nighttime, when he's actually at the cabin, he is making Jamie play board games with him, watch TV with him. He sometimes would take her for walks in the yard. He makes her sleep in the bed with him. But according to both of them, he never sexually touched her. That is surprising as He hell. never touched her in any kind of sexual way. It's a small miracle. Yeah. Right. Is good f- that, like, that's, that's the best thing that could have possibly happened. That's absolutely he had every insane. In, he had every intention to when he first kidnapped her. But according to him, his guilt was just too overwhelming. So was he then trying to like force her to fall in love with him like yeah he wanted an actual relationship so he was trying to stockhold syndrome her pretty much except he was going about it the wrong way he wanted a friend really he wanted a girlfriend pretty much you know, there's other ways to get girlfriends out there. Right. Yeah, that's not the ideal Just way. You don't have to kidnap small children and force them to be your girlfriend. Well, so he claims he was like super guilty about what he did to her parents. And he also claims that all he wanted was someone that he could talk to about anything and everything. And they did. They talked, she would talk to him about anything and everything. The only thing that neither one of them would talk about is him killing her parents. And he made it out to be like, he didn't want to bring up the topic and that it was almost like when she was in front of him, she was living like they weren't really dead. Like she would talk about them like they were still alive so he was like, I never brought it up because I didn't want to be like, uh, I killed them. 
they're dead. So he felt that he was saving her feelings. Right. But in reality, she she knew knew they were dead. And she later would say, like, I knew my parents were dead. I just didn't want to talk to that asshole about it. Like, you killed them. You know, there's also pen pals. Right. If you just need somebody to talk to. I mean, write a prisoner. There's plenty of things out there. People you can talk to anonymous, anonymously. Like, I don't know. Reddit's a thing. Right. <laughs> right. Like, there's there's a million dating websites. Sites. Yeah, but what time? What time period did this happen in? It was this 2018. Like 2018. Oh yeah, do that. <laughs> right. This is like recent. Wasn't Google a thing then, or Ogle, whatever that's called? The random video chats. Oh, I know what you're talking about. Yeah. Yeah, I'm too old for that. I so, know what you're talking about. I've seen the do on there. <laughs> Play well, some amazing Hello Kitty guitar. Sorry. Hello, Continue. Hello Don't mean to interrupt guitar. you. I love Hello Kitty. At this point, Jake thinks he's home free, really. He thought... So he thinks he's just going to live this way for the yeah. rest of his life? He thought that after the first two weeks... Of him, you know, murdering her parents and kidnapping her. That if he hadn't been been caught by then, like, he's good to go. But just in case, he kept the shotgun loaded and ready. And he told Jamie that if the police showed up, neither one of them was walking out of that cabin alive. Like, he would kill her. He would not let her leave living. But why? So Jake thought things were going really well between them. Like he thought they were becoming a real couple. But even though he still makes her lay under the damn bed all day while he's at whatever job he has. she's gets no food, no water, and she can't go to the bathroom the entire day. And she said sometimes he was gone like 12 hours a day. And she wasn't. And up. she had to stay under a twin bed the entire yes, time. Yes, while music was blaring, because he didn't want anyone outside the cabin to hear her making noise either. What a and piece I'm of ass- shit! I'm, I'm assuming sorry. that the stuff that he used around the edge of the bed, the the baskets, were weighted so much that she was unable to move them. Yeah. Well, she was she first, also like tied up under the bed. No. Okay. But I will skip ahead and tell you that she was emaciated because he wasn't feeding her very well. Well, I figured as he, much. As far as it makes it sound, he hadn't really let her shower the whole time. So she's still just covered in her mom's blood. She's disgusting. And so she's weak. And But she did try to move the baskets a lot. And... She finally figured out, like, how to do that. But we'll get to it. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, price line. So on Christmas Day, 
when he had his family there. Hearing Jake and his family having this wonderful time while she's trapped under the bed with the music blaring and her own parents were dead, she just cried the whole day and was like so pissed that she's like, I don't give a shit if I die. The next opportunity I have, I'm getting the hell out of here. Agree with her. Because she was like, at this point, I would rather be dead than stay under this bed. I don't blame her. I'd probably yeah. feel the same. Exactly. Yeah. So on January 10th, 2019, Jamie was ready to execute her plan to get away from Jake. She figured out that even though the containers were heavy, she could move them. She just needed to get the courage. She was not as scared of Jake as she had been. <clears throat> Jamie learned that if she did as she was told, he stayed calm. At this point, he acted like they were best friends. He, she decided today was the day she was more afraid of spending one more night with the so- psychopath than she was of Jake's anger. So Jake told her he was only going to be gone for five or six hours and not to move. She heard the front door open and close, heard him get into his car, but it took him a little bit to to actually leave because where she was laying was like, I guess, up against the driveway so she could hear him driving down the driveway. Okay. Well, that was that's kind of good. Yeah. So once he was gone, she pushed the containers just enough to fit her body through. She knew it was going to be cold outside, but she had no shoes. He had gotten rid of her shoes. So she put on the first pair of his shoes that she saw. And she did it like so fast, she didn't even realize that she put them on the wrong feet. It probably made them fit a little better. When she made it to the door, she double checks to make sure he's really gone before she opens the door. Once outside, she does the typical wrap your arms around yourself to try to stay warm and starts walking towards the road. Because the shoes were so big, she couldn't run in them. Yeah. The And there was snow on the ground. So she was like, I need the shoes. but So she had to walk at a fast pace but couldn't actually run. The whole time, she's looking all around her, like freaking out. Like, what if he's in the woods? What if he's waiting behind the house? Right. What like, if it's a trick? Yeah, yeah that's kind understandable, of though. Well, she sees a woman walking her dog at the end of the driveway. So she, like goes as fast as she can go in these shoes to get to this woman. This woman is Jean Nutter. She walks her dog every single day at 3.30 in the afternoon, even though it's freezing outside in January. I have neighbors like that. Her thing was she's lived there her whole life. She's used to the weather. It was like just an ordinary day for her. And she's walking back to her driveway. She sees a young girl that is dirty, emaciated, with matted hair, wearing shoes that were too big and just leggings and an oversized sweatshirt. 
and the girl just starts yelling at her for help. Jamie says, I don't know where I am. He killed my parents. Please help me. I just want to go home. And this lady asks, who kills your parents? And Jamie's like, Jake Patterson. He's so stupid. He told her his full name. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, but that's a good thing because now. I mean, that doesn't surprise me, though, that he would get that comfortable. Yeah, Yeah. because he just wants to be have a friend. So scared to take Jamie back to her own house because of how close it was to Jake's house. She takes Jamie to another neighbor's house. They start banging on the door of Peter and Christian, Kristen, Kristen. I'm not even going to try to say their last name. I'm really sorry. So she's, they're yelling like, this is Jamie Kloss. Open the door. Call 911. 15 minutes later, the police are there. Once they realize that, yes, they are looking at a girl that has been missing for 88 days. They start asking her like a million questions. Jamie tells them everything that she can about Jake, his house, and his car. They decide to get her like out of there um, before Jake gets home and sees the police cars at his neighbor's house and realizes she's missing because they know, because Jamie told them, that he was planning a shootout with them. Yeah. So... They take her and leave, and they release a statewide bulletin for every officer to be on the lookout for Jake Patterson. When Jake gets home, he finds that Jamie's not under the bed. At first, he thinks maybe she's just in the house somewhere, like she had to go to the bathroom because they've had that fight before where she's gotten out from under the bed to go to the bathroom. Why, Why fight her on it? If she's still in the house, when you get back? Yeah, well, she's not in the house. So he goes back outside and he sees these footprints in the snow. And at first he was like, oh, they just have to be my footprints. But then he realizes the shoes are on their own feet. And he's like, shit, and jumps in his car to go look for her. Instead of like taking off. No, he goes to look for her. Okay. Okay. Well, he's nothing if not determined. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he goes to look for her like you would go out and look if you had lost your dog. Like, at, oh what, is he God. like yelling out his window for her? Yeah, and like shining lights and he's like oh actually looking for her like you would look for a dog if you lost it. What an idiot. Oh, yeah, he's a real genius. Yeah. I'm sorry. (laughs) So while out looking, the police are also looking for him. Duh. So an officer named last name DeRosa and another officer with the last name Engelman spot his red Ford Taurus and run his license plate. It is registered to a Kate Patterson, which is his sister. They pull up behind him and turn on their lights and sirens. And they go like guns drawn. Like, because. Well, yeah, because it's been put out that he's willing and ready. Yeah. Right. For a shootout. But he doesn't. He doesn't put up a single fight. 
Uh, he steps out of the car with his hands raised, guns pointed at him, and he looks at Officer DeRosa and says, I know what this is about. I did it. Well, what? Then. <laughs> yeah. that took a turn. He just like, I know why you're arresting me. I did it. <laughs> it is what it is. How I mean, quickly to just give up, you right? know, to well, go through all of that well, hassle. The, prob- the problem with that, though, is he never stated specifically. It's still pretty vague. Yeah, but at the same time, it's like it goes back to the very beginning of the story where he has no ambition to do jack shit. True. I'm just saying, saying that statement to a cop, it could have been, yeah, I took the Reese's Pieces from the (laughs) gas station. Well, it's not, Bobby, because after he was arrested and they read him his rights, Jake confessed to everything. He straight up confessed. Like... Didn't even I try could to see it deny. not taking long to make him talk. Yeah, you know they didn't even have to do anything. Of, yeah, they just like, literally read him his rights. Says, "Do you want a lawyer?" He said, "No, I'll tell you whatever you want to know." His family just could not wrap their heads around this. Seriously? Yeah, like his family had no clue that this had even happened. He's such a creative young man. Look at all the cheese. I think it was more of like he was such a quiet, <laughs> never got in trouble, always followed the rules kind of guy just in their house. Himself. Like, they're like, okay, we could expect this out of your brother, but not you kind of a deal. No, no, no. It's always the quiet ones. Hey, now. Samantha's not a murderer. <laughs> <laughs> but out of the three of us, if there were one. Yeah, I'd put it, my money on her. I would also wow. put my money on her. <laughs> Okay, wow. I disagree. I see where I stand (laughs) with you guys. Well, I mean, me and Shauna would be caught. There's no, I mean, I would be caught just for the simple fact I'd be standing there with the blood on me and holding the knife and be like, all right, you got me. I did it. Smith would take the months to figure out if you were even involved. (laughs) <laughs> well, first off, I would never anyway. It's a what I'm if. not dumb. Okay. It's a well, what nobody if. Nobody thought you would. <laughs> it's like a ridiculous. It's like <laughs> <laughs> like I mean, if we're talking about like who's the most likely to actually do it out of the three of us, that's a totally different thing. This is who is the most likely to do it and not get caught. You. Who's the most likely to do it? I'm just, I'm not really it's like sure a how to between me and you, I think. feel about this conversation. I think so too, honestly. I think it, it's like a fifty. I think one. it's like a fifty-fifty. It could either me or you is going to be the one to most likely do it. Me and a friend at work. Samantha would never do it, but if she did do it. She uh, would yeah, know how to hide the body. I feel like she if would. If the cops are listening to this, I had nothing to do with I it. I had nothing to do with it yeah, anyway. Nobody don't even know. to do with anything. <laughs> Me and a friend at work constantly talk about how if we were kidnapped, they would give us back pretty freaking quickly. Or they would kill you fast. Yeah, because it would way, be annoying. <sighs> oh, I would totally be annoying on <laughs> purpose. All right, so he confesses to everything. His family can't wrap their heads around it. At his first appearance in front of a judge, his mother couldn't even bring herself to go. 
Like, that's how devastated she was. It was a media circus, obviously, with reporters wanting to ask anyone who was going into the courtroom questions. Like, they just wanted some kind of information. Jake was not there in person. He was on video in at his first court appearance. But Jamie's family was there, and so was Jake's dad. And Jake's dad actually, like, only went because he had wrote a letter to Jamie's family wanting to, like, apologize sincerely for this happening to them because of his son. Yeah. Well, that's kind of sweet. Um, the district attorney uh, was Brian Wright, and pretty much all he was doing at this point was, like, presenting the case that they had against Jake to Judge James Babbler. They were homicide, kidnapping, that kind of thing. The official charges that he was facing were intentional homicide, kidnapping, and armed burglary. Such a we hard finally word. got it right. <laughs> Burg- yeah, not going to do it again. We were burgled. <laughs> the judge, this is like his bail hearing pretty much so he sets his bail at five million dollars damn i'm surprised they even did that i mean honestly for murder and kidnapping i'm i would have figured no bail yeah well jamie's aunt jennifer got custody of her when she was returned to the family people all over the world sent Jamie, money, gifts, letters. They did a GoFundMe account and raised $150,000 for her and her family. The businesses where her parents worked both donated $25,000 apiece to Jamie. Um, and the $25,000 FBI reward for any information about her kidnapping went to Jamie because she saved herself that was what the fbi said nice wow that's pretty cool um jake's father released a statement and he said that he hopes for jamie's complete healing of her mind heart and soul after the horrible thing his son had done on may 23rd 2019 jake had his sentencing hearing so there's no trial because he pled guilty. Right, as you say, he confessed to everything. Right. So it only took two hours for the judge to sentence him to two life sentences for murder of James and Denise and 15 years for kidnapping. And he threw in an extra 25 years for good measure. Now, his, Jake's attorneys were... Uh, only arguing that he get the option for parole and the prosecuting attorney wanted no parole while the judge went no parole. Good job. So he... He doesn't need I just parole. like the fact that he gave him an extra tri- 25 years for good measure. Exactly. Yeah, just because. <laughs> yeah. Here, here you go. Have it. So right. Jamie's family gave their victim statements... But Jamie could not bring herself to go to the trial. She had a representative read her statement to Jake. 
I don't blame her at all. Me either. I wouldn't want to yeah. look at his face. Do you want me to redo her statement or you want? Let's hear it. So it said, last October, Jake Patterson took a lot of things that I loved away from me. It makes me the most sad that he took away my mom and dad. I loved my mom and dad very much and they loved me very much. They did all they could to make me happy and protect me. He took them away from me forever. I felt safe in my home and I loved my room and all my belongings. He took all of that too. I don't I do not want to even see my house or my stuff because of the memory of that night. My parents and my home were the most important things in my life and he took them away from me in a way that will always leave me with a horrifying memory. I have to have an alarm in my house now just so I can sleep. I used to love to go out with friends. I love to go to school. I love to dance. He took all of those things away from me. It is too hard for me to go into public. I get scared and I get anxious. These are just ordinary things that anyone like me should be able to do, but I cannot because he took them away from me. But there are some things that Jake Patterson can never take away from me. He cannot take my freedom. He thought that he could own me, but he was wrong. I was smarter. I watched his routine. I took, my, I took back my freedom. I will always have my freedom and he will not. Jake Patterson can never take away my courage. He thought he could control me, but he could not. I feel like he did. I feel like what he did is what a coward would do. I was brave. He was not. Agreed. Well, well said. Well Very put. Very well said. For Jamie, life is moving forward. She's trying to live life one day at a time. She's dancing again. She's enjoying doing school activities again. Although there's a pandemic, so she's now living through that. <laughs> yeah. Is anyone interested in how Jake is doing in prison? Um, he got a boyfriend. I'm telling you anyway. I don't care if you really <laughs> want to know. I'm telling you anyway. Pull with so, me. Can we talk about it? We're going to talk about it. So in the Dodge Correctional Facility in Wisconsin, Jake was always fighting for his life. You see, he was a classified sex offender for life, even though he didn't commit a sexual act against her he was still a sex offender so other inmates in prison have a lot to say about guys that kidnap and abuse children yeah they and you know even though he didn't assault her he still made her change in front of him forcefully yeah, yeah it, i think that classifies as it, it that's sexual assault you don't have to touch someone to sexually assault them well, and he and he also forced her to sleep next to him, even though he didn't touch her. He still made her sleep in his bed. Yeah, it, that no, you don't do that. So this hostile environment made Jake suicidal. Poor baby, he was scared to sleep. Good. He wouldn't. Isn't that ironic? Right. He had no visitors and would refuse phone calls and pretty much turned mute because he was just so scared. 
he it took prison officials a really long time to find <laughs> another prison that would take Jake Patterson even for one single night because they know what's going to happen to him. And I bet she smells like shit. He's probably way too afraid to go in the shower. I yeah, He's going to get fucking... Something's going to happen to him. So now the dude smells like feet for a totally different <laughs> reason. <laughs> so they did finally find a prison. It wasn't just the whole what he did that made them other prisons not want him they also didn't want to freaking deal with the publicity of having him in their prison well yeah because yeah you kidnapped this girl and it's all all over the world yeah i'm pretty sure that was well it was at least national yeah it was a national story so finally new mexico state prison agreed to take him and when they agreed they literally drove him straight there that same day (laughs) they were like you're out of here man fuck this kid uh but life still sucks for jake there he tried to lie about why he was in prison saying that he met some girl online that said she was 18 when she was really only 13 and oh that got you two life sentences 15 years for kidnapping and 25 <laughs> extra years for good measure yeah well Bullshit. he's also a fucking moron because uh what do prisoners have to do all day read the newspaper and watch tv they figured out real quick who he was and the second they did his roommate and him got into a fucking altercation and he beat the shit out of him because he's like you're a sex offender dude you kidnapped a 13 year olds no you're not sharing my cell deserved yeah because nobody even in prison wants to be associated with sex offenders no yeah, and if the guards look the other way, I wouldn't blame him. Well, here's to hoping that he continues to live a miserable life. And while Jamie continues to heal and have a great life. Agreed. Yeah, I'm sure the PTSD for her is a real, oh, yeah. real fucking thing. So they did say but... the girl that is like super well known for being kidnapped the one that i think they like i can't remember her name but they actually she came and talked to jamie and like told her how to move forward yeah and she also did a presentation in front of that whole entire town to tell the town how to handle the situation because she was like, I'll tell you all the things not to do. Yeah. Right. Which the biggest thing is they were like, she was like, you have to take down all of this crap that says welcome home, Jamie, and stop making it a big deal. And you guys start living your lives day to day. Right. You need to go back to life as normal. Yes. JC Duggard. Uh, No. No. I think her name is Sarah. Sarah something. I don't know. But she, that's what she does now is go around and help other people who are like victims well, of I, abductions. I, I partly feel like it's extra bad because, I mean, she was 13 when she was abducted, right? Now she's just going to not only like have problems in her own life, but with other people 
like connecting with other people as a whole thing. So that would mean she's 17 at the moment? Yeah. And I could see that being difficult, um, trying to like actually have a real boyfriend or relationship with anybody. Yeah. yeah. If that's your first interaction with, with a, the um, opposite sex yeah. besides your relatives, that yeah. is intense. Very and intense. all because she was getting on the bus. Which is dumb as shit. Yeah, I mean, it, How fucking it really just depended on what fucking bus he was behind Yeah, at the time. Which is scary. It's kind of scary. It's very scary. Well, I am glad she was able to escape that and Me like, too. She's bring just justice to herself and her parents. Absolutely. Strong, brave girl. I'm like really glad that he didn't do anything right horrible to her. Exactly. Like that is beyond surprising. And I think that just plays into with Jamie calling him a coward. That's exactly what he was. Yeah. I mean, he went through the motions, but he hid his face from shooting her mom. He didn't actually get a good look at the first person he shot. He didn't do anything like nothing that a normal kidnapper would do which is good i like no complaints i mean of of how bad it could have been versus versus how bad it was yeah i mean it sucks that it happened in the first place but at least it wasn't as bad as it could have been and not to discredit what happened to her at all that's not, not by what, any means yeah and that's no. not what we're doing here she still went through a terrible experience exactly watching her parents die and being held captive and put through everything that she was put through that's it's no walk in the park that i can only imagine what that would be like going through it i got it it's elizabeth smart elizabeth smart elizabeth smart is okay yeah i've heard of her she was the one who got kidnapped i think she was really young and it was like by a married couple and they had her living in like horrible conditions. But all things considered, having you know seen her parents die and then being kidnapped, at least he did. You know he was too cowardly to go any further than that, other than just, just keeping holding her, her hostage. Yeah. yeah, and threatening occasionally. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, because they say he only, like, when he did assault her, it was like a he just slapped her on the back, like, hard enough to knock her down, and that was it. Yeah. It wasn't like a full-blown, he beat the crap out of her kind of a thing, but still, you're, like, living under this bed for hours and hours. Oh, yeah, no, no. That's... You're not getting fed properly, getting to shower. Or... I feel terrible for her, what like, she went through. Ugh. I feel terrible for what she went through. Yeah. I hope she is healing from all of that. Yeah. All right, well, on that note. So, if uh, if you enjoyed our telling of the story, hop on whatever podcast app you're using, subscribe, Give us five stars, leave a review, share us with your friends, your family, your neighbors, your dog, people you meet at the gas station, anybody who will listen. Yell it across the pumps. Scream it from the mountaintops. And uh, check out our other podcasts. 
If you haven't found those yet, for anyone who might be new, we have two other podcasts, Speaking of Murders and Speaking of Hauntings. Check those out. You can find them wherever you found this podcast. And uh, if you want to talk to us or suggest a case, you can email us at missingmurderedhaunted at gmail.com. You can find us on Instagram at missingmurderedhaunted and on Facebook, Missing Murdered Haunted Podcast. Heck yeah. Heck yeah. <laughs> yeah, come talk to me on Facebook, people. I got nothing. <laughs> <laughs> no. Drop me the comments on Instagram. DMs. <laughs> Slide Sli- into my DMs. <laughs> Slide into, those Slide DMs, into our folks. DMs. With your case suggestions or with how much you like our podcast. Our podcast. <laughs> <laughs> also, if you, well, you have. about to say with how much you like me. No. <laughs> also, <laughs> no, no. <laughs> we wouldn't actually mind hearing um, feedback on a, how well we're, we're telling the story or not. Oh no, I'm perfect. <laughs> I mean, my name means princess. Hello. Oh, oh my god. god. Hello. Oogie I'm just playing. Doogie. I'm just joking. And I am not that conceited. <laughs> if you have any input on the story, also let us know. All right. I think that uh, wraps it up for this week. See you later. See y'all next week. Bye. Bye. Is Bobby trying to like? I know. Mess with me? <laughs> like, no. He Bye. can't Bye. ever just leave it alone. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> Bye. Bye. Uh-